Hey guys, we're back again doing a double header because Rachel and I are going to be out of town this week. Usually it doesn't happen at the same time, but it is now. Yeah, usually we, we try to spread that out, but um, it just, it be like that this time. It do be like that. It is what it is. <laughs> Our next topic is something I've been kind of reading on myself and my Bible ventures. Um, Bible ventures, it's classic. Cancel culture. Girl. Mm -hmm. I just, there's some things that have happened lately I'm not going to get into, but, and it, they've been happening, but where people are like canceled. Yeah. And it really makes me sad. Cancel culture wasn't really a thing until recent years. We didn't really deal with it at all in high school. I definitely didn't. I um, did not. It's very much a new development, and I know you guys see a lot of it. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of an enigma to us because it's never really been something that's been part of all, our culture yeah. until now. So we're kind of confused by it, kind of yeah. still learning how to deal with it. It's honestly, I don't want to say it's offensive, but it's, it like takes me back to see like someone, to see other people put other people down so quickly for a mistake or, you know, a misjudgment. And why I really wanted to talk about it is because I think as Christians, that's the dead opposite of what we should be doing. Yeah. As Christians, we should not be the ones to condemn anyone. Because in the Bible it says, God forgives us for our sins. I'm pretty sure it says, Rachel is the Bible scholar, but it says, if you forgive others, then I forgive you. Well, if you kind of look at the goal, think about the golden rule. Do unto others as they would have do unto you. And... Um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I think that we really need to look at Christ before we join this cancel culture. Because, you know, if, if we're forgiving others just as God forgive us for the most deceptive and darkest parts of our soul, there should be no reason why we can't be understanding and forgiving towards others. Exactly. And I actually have here, and I'm going to say it's 2 Corinthians. Well, let's explain quickly why we say 2 Corinthians do. rather than 2 Corinthians. Because the, technically the name of the letter is Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. So it's it's the second addition to something that has already been written. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you wouldn't say, one Paul letter to the Corinthians. It's right. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. So that's how yeah. we say first and second rather than one and two. Anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, NIV version. Let's crack open that Bible. All right, Bucky. I just called Jessica Bucky, just in case anyone heard that. Yeah, I heard it, and I was confused, but never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2.10? Yeah. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, let's read that out. Uh, it says, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Wait, I love this verse because it's almost like a challenge. Like, it, the word is saying, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. In this letter, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, which is somewhere up in Greece. Um, if you know where Greece is, it's in Europe. Um, <laughs> but he's he's been traveling around to all these churches, spreading the word of Christ and building these churches. Um, and basically he's saying... Um, 
anyone that you've forgiven for doing wrong to you, I also forgive them because if you forgive them for what they can do to you, I can forgive them for what they do to you. So it's kind of like, if, if we put this into a perspective like Christ, right? If Christ is able to forgive us for the things that we do, we are able to forgive others for everything that they have done to us and to others because the things that we've done in the eyes of God and the eyes of Christ are much worse and much more severe than anything that anyone could ever do to us personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, that's what I love about, like, I just love the idea of like, my mindset is always, well, what I've done, God's forgiven, and I know that, so why am I going to hold this person to such high accountability when I'm no better? Yeah. I might not have done the thing that that person did or said the thing that that person said, but I'm not going to cancel them, cancel culture, when God didn't cancel us. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the times when I was at Young Life Camp, I used to be Young Life Theater, for those who don't know. I was Young Life Theater for four years. And... I came into a lot of situations where I would have youth that would already be in our group, already believe in Christ, and then somebody who they might not have liked very much would join the group and accept Jesus, and the kids that were already there were like, well, they don't know Jesus because X, Y, and Z. And that always, one, hurt my heart because, one, they're supposed to be pictures of Christ for their friends. Yeah. Um, and two, one of the biggest parts of that is understanding that there's redemption in things that have already been done. Um, and just because they did that before they were a follower of Christ doesn't mean that they can't know Christ now. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm very, very passionate about um, not just writing someone off because they make mistakes or because they've done something in the past, but giving them the opportunity to grow from that and to take on the, the heart of Christ and the light of Christ because that's something that isn't innate. It's something that you yeah. adapt and that you are given once you accept Christ. You know what I mean? That's true. That's important. Like it's it's something you adapt to. Yeah, it's not it's not an innate quality of us because yeah. we're sinful. Yeah. And there's no way that we could ever just know the right thing to do because that's yeah. not how we're how we live because we have sin. Yeah. Born sinner. Yeah. And the only reason only reason and the only way to get rid of that is to have the redemption of Christ, and we should give people the opportunity to accept yeah. that redemption and not hold their past mistakes against them. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, in between Catholic and charity, I went to like a really big mega church around here, and no names. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like I mean, we had a huge youth group, but like everyone would eventually come through. Like everyone and like the all the popular kids from high school, and people would be like why are they in youth group? Like, they're not like that in school. And it's, it was kind of the same thing. Like, well, they're here now, so that's a good thing. Like, regardless of what they might go back to school on Monday and do, like, they've been to church. Like, we should be the ones to be like, hey, like, I'm, I'm glad you're here, even if it's just for a couple weeks or, or whatever. Like, we should be showing them, like, the heart of God that we know. So anyway, just building off of that made me think of that. Because that happens a lot. And I'm not going to lie, like, sometimes I thought that too. Oh, absolutely. And that <laughs> just comes back to show that we do not have this innate ability to yeah. um, forgive and forget without thought. I yeah. think that's a really important thing for us to focus on because we need Christ in order to do that. So true. It's not just like, huh, I'm just perfect and I forgive you and any, that's like, not how we think. And 
I wish it was. Yeah. <laughs> that would make me a much better person. But, yeah. you know, it's in our weaknesses that Christ thrives. And I think that that's a really beautiful place where he thrives. And we can see his goodness in that. Yeah. True. <laughs> so that brings us to this power verse. John 8, 15. I'm about to drop some facts on you. John 8, 15. This, we just stumbled across this. It was just the best thing. God was working. You want to read it? Yeah. Um, Sorry, it's, I wrote part of it. Uh, it's John chapter 8, verse 15. It says, You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. Um, and that's words actually from Christ. So this is um, a little context for this. Uh, there are Pharisees who are challenging Jesus' testimony of who he is. Um, and Christ is basically saying, you know, I, you judge by the standards that you have, not by the standards of God. So therefore, I don't pass judgment on you or anyone based on the human standards. Yeah. So kind of wrapping into the way we're judging, or and I've done, where someone comes in and you're like, why, why would you be here? Like, you act like this in school. You act like this outside of church, whatever. And then wrapping that into, like, the cancel culture, like, well, you've done this and that's wrong. Like, period. But God's like, that's not what, like, it's almost like he's seeing, like, a bigger picture. Like, I'm seeing, like, he's seen in all of us. Yeah. Like, you're not just what you say or what you do in public or any, any mistake you've made. Like, there's more to it than that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you said that's not, like, a full yeah. picture of who you are because it, if we were only defined by our mistakes, there would we wouldn't be able to hold the light of Christ. And part of Christ going to the cross and taking that burden of sin, we're able to have that light. And I think it's really important to know that there are pieces of Christ that live in us because we have accepted him. And exactly. it's a fuller picture of what life is supposed to be, not yeah. what we try to make it be. Yeah. True. True. And, you know... Not that our society is a bad thing. I think that there are some really beautiful things that our our culture has created in us. Um, compassion for others, compassion for yeah, you know, the poor. Um, social media can be really good with keeping up with people that you love. I know that I have a grandmother that lives in Delaware and then goes to Florida every year, and I only see her maybe once or twice a year, maybe. Um, so it's a good opportunity for me to know that she's safe and things like that. Okay. Um, but we also have to remember that social media is, in our culture, do not define the works of God and do not define the word of God. Um, because once we put a secular lens on it, a lens that isn't from the church, we can warp that idea. And I think that cancel culture is doing that partially. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's just not the nature of Christ, because why <laughs> he forgave us, why would exactly. why would we try to forgive others, you know? Yeah. You've got to give what you receive. Exactly. And we're called to be above the standards of this world, and that's really, really hard. It's hard for us. We're just and I are not perfect in that either. Not always. <laughs> Sometimes I'm perfect, other times. <laughs> Actually, talking about that, this verse, which is 2 Corinthians. She said it right, people. Woo! 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Verse 1 through, please do. Verse 1 through 2. You can read it. I'm going to get to it here, though. I'm in Romans. Oh, we almost there. Oh, there she is. Is it 6? 
the Article 6 on Virgil. It says, um, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That's good. That's good stuff. Basically, just what we were saying, like, do not receive it in vain. We have to give this to other people, too, which is showing them God's grace, showing them God's heart. This is the whole, literally one of the biggest points of, like, not the point of being a Christian, but one of the biggest purposes. Sure. It's 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 one of our main callings as Christians Call, to yeah. be a body of forgiveness, um, because Christ forgave us. And one thing that I really like about this is it starts as God's co-workers. We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Mm-hmm. So what Paul is saying like. Hey, we're working with Christ, um, yeah. not working as Christ, right. but with Him, and He chooses to use us in order to do that. And I think that's a really beautiful picture of trust from God. He's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm trusting you to display me in yeah. my word and my person to other people. So therefore, do it." Yeah. And one of those things is forgiveness, and I think that's where cancel culture really conflicts with. Mm-hmm. with the calling of Christ because you, you can't be canceling somebody because they make a mistake and forgiving them at the same time. Exactly. They do not go together. Not very well, no. Um, and we're definitely not, again, we're not perfect in that. Jess no. and I struggle with that just as bad as everybody else does. Um, but I think that we're lucky in that cancel culture wasn't a thing when we were younger and I think that we can step back a little bit and see that. Yeah. Um, but I also can fall into it just as quickly as anyone else. We are fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, we yep. are not perfect in the ways that we interact with the world. When she first brought this to me, I was like, okay, what have you been learning about? And she was like, well, I've been learning about forgiveness and compassion. So I was thinking and I was like, all right, where do I go with that? because I haven't been following what she's saying. Um, because she's learning on our own. I'm learning different things. Yeah. And we'll talk about that eventually. But um, one of the biggest things that I think is that forgiveness is simply a symbol of compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, you you look at the, the nature of God and you look at his qualities and forgiveness in my brain. I could be totally wrong, but you can disagree with me. In my brain, forgiveness is a sign of God's compassion. Mm-hmm. And, like, God doesn't forgive us just because, ugh, idiots, forgiven. He forgives us because he has compassion for us and because he loves us. Good and point. if he hadn't, then, like, he wouldn't have sent his son. He could be like, oh, I love that person, but they're too far gone. Yeah. But his mm-hmm. true embodiment of compassion was sending Christ to the cross for us. And taking that sin with him so that we can have a face-to-face relationship with God. Yeah. Because without that forgiveness, we have a, a chasm between us and the Lord. Whew. Um, chasm. like that word? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that compassion is a lot more than just being nice and having pity for someone. Because when you, when you take on the light of Christ and when you agree to be a disciple of him, I think that that's something that you can't separate from the nature of God. So if you're living with Christ in you, there should be compassion there. Absolutely. And I think compassion is sort of to me like, 
I don't know what the other word against compassion would be right now, but empathy and sympathy. Like, yeah. you can feel sympathetic to someone and feel bad for them, but when you empathize with someone is when you're really like, I like, I'm in this with you, like I can feel. And I think that's where compassion can stem from versus just being like, aw, like you're in it and you feel it. Yeah. So I, I think they go hand in hand, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think that if we're really going to embody the forgiveness of Christ, we need to remember that forgiveness has no bounds, just as God's love has no bounds. So, you know, Jess could turn around tomorrow and tell everyone my secrets, and I would be really, really hurt, and she would tell everyone that I'm the worst person ever. Um, she wouldn't do that because she's compassionate. Um, but yeah. one thing, she might have done me wrong, and she might have done something to hurt me, but that doesn't mean that I'm not called to forgive her for those things that she did. She wasn't right in what she did, and it wouldn't be right for me to be resentful toward her either. Yeah. Because we're called to forgive. That's a really good point, too, because it's important to know that it's not a, it's not excusing something, like you said. Correct. Like, it's not, oh, well, I'm called to forgive you, so what you did is, is fine. Yeah. No, you should be held accountable, and that person should make it right, including a situation with, in, cancel culture. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that, like, forgiveness is for you, too. Because so many people are like, I, I just, I could never forgive that person for what they've done. And then, but then you harbor that within you. So a lot of times forgiveness is for you, too. Yeah, um, one thing that I love is that my grandfather, he died of lung cancer when I was 14. Um, but he wrote to us, he said in more words than this, um, Basically, if there's somebody who's wronged you, pray, genuinely pray, one, to forgive them, and two, for everything that you want for them to have. So like, everything that you want, pray that they'll have that. And pray it over and over and over and over and over again until the resentment's gone. That's awesome. So pray that they have a healthy family, a successful work life, um, and a wonderful relationship with God and pray that all the time and pray without ceasing and eventually you're going to mean it because you're in communication with God and he's going to soften your heart he does that all the time he softens our hearts and we work with him to do that and in order to get rid of resentment and to forgive people you have to genuinely ask for that yeah so it is partially for us yeah because we need God to soften our hearts and that's part of forgiveness is the softening of us and the mm -hmm. softening of their hearts as well. Because, yeah. you know, there's very few things that represent Christ as much as forgiveness. And people notice mm -hmm. when you forgive them when they've wronged you. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've started to try to do is when I'm apologizing for something, not just say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm really sorry. Will you please forgive me? Because people can, like, I accept your apology, but I don't forgive you yet. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay yeah. to not forgive someone right away. But it, but eventually, you know, I think that you should. Because yeah. that's a characteristic of Christ. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like, it shouldn't, obviously, like we were talking earlier, it's not an innate feeling. It shouldn't be just like, oh, yeah, I forgive you for this horrible thing you did to me. Obviously. But talk with God, soften your heart, 
it's a per that's a perfect explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Jess is a um, child therapist who specializes in adolescents, and one of the biggest things that I've learned, she can probably validate this or tell me I'm dumb, but um, one thing that you are justified in having is feeling an emotion. So when somebody wrongs you, you're totally allowed to feel hurt by it. And 100%. We're, we're not saying that you can't feel hurt when people wrong you. We're just saying that eventually that hurt is going to turn into bitterness and resentment when it should turn into forgiveness and reconciliation, just like Christ turned yeah. our sin and our the ways that we hurt God into forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah. I mean, obviously as a therapist, like emotion is your main focus, but it's so important to be able to feel and, and let out. And even if you need to let that, not let it consume you permanently, but let it consume you in the moment so you can feel it. And that, But another part of emotion is forgiveness because it's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging, but to push yourself to do that is going to help you grow and it's going to help you understand your feelings more. So I, I'm not telling you you're stupid because you're on point. I think that one of the best ways that we can grow as a body of Christ in this society is to not let this cancel culture consume us. Um, because it just, that's not the heart of Christ, and we know that. And if we let that consume us, then we're warping this picture of Christ we're supposed to have. Totally true. Oh, if you want to read more about um, reconciliation, there is a section in 2 Corinthians. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, it starts at verse 11 and goes through 6, 2. So if you want to read about the ministry of reconciliation and the beauty of it, you should definitely check that out because... That is a really good picture of what we're called to do as Christians, and that's where Jess got some of her stuff today. One thing that we want to leave you guys with is um, a verse from Colossians. Um, it's Colossians 3, verse 12, and it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, so one, that's our challenge to you, um, and also yeah. challenge to ourselves, because we're not always those things. Anything you guys would like us to talk about, please let us know. We can try and put up a thing on Instagram. Yeah. A poll. Um, but any requests, like, hey, I would love to talk about this. And it can be anything. I mean, within reason. But let us know. And we will certainly talk about it. And we would love to have some guests. So anyone you want to hear from, you want to hear from P. Diddy. You want to hear from Sam Wallace. Um, next time, we're probably going to be talking about something that I've been learning um, so stay tuned for that. If anyone would like to guest host, let me know. Also, or let Rachel know. Um, we said this at the end of last podcast too. Uh, we miss you at Sunday school. Um, Terribly. It is really sad. Luckily, we have some faithfuls, Caroline yeah. Penardi shout out, um, that come to Sunday school and like being here, guys. I'm the new Sunday school teacher, Christ. Well, I have no one to teach. Yeah. That's really sad. Just yeah. looks at me every week and is like, lame. Yeah. You know? Because there are children here and there are youth. But we, we really miss you, and church is getting a little more normal every once in a while. It definitely is. Like, today is Valentine's Day, and we had like 70 people at church. Oh, it was packed. Which was Safely awesome. packed. Safely packed and distanced, but. But it was just so nice to have everybody here, and. And a bunch of kids came, so if the kids are coming. Yeah, and Pastor David misses seeing you. You guys are so important to our church and you're so important to the things that we do here. Um, and you are, you are the future of this church. Just like yeah. I, people said that to me when I was in high school and I thought that I was lame, but 
It's true. It is true. Um, and we really want you here because we want you guys to know Christ like we do because we love him a lot. We do. It's really important to us. And youth really is the life of the church. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, 100%. Our, our energy is way low without you. So, uh, we're having an in-person service this Sunday. If you guys want to come, just let us know, and I'll put you on the registration list, and we'll see you in Sunday school because we miss you. You're a middle schooler. You have a new room. It's all painted. We're in it now. Ikea chairs. Ikea chairs. New couch cover. Yep. Um, so, guys, please come. We miss you. Please come. Um, but until next time.